as a part of our podcast journey, we're about to embark on uh, looking at the story of Ananias and Sapphira, which is in the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. This is a rather disturbing story and we will get into it next podcast. This one I want to look at some context around it before we begin unpacking it in a little bit more detail. And I do that because I like to keep these podcasts kind of short and snappy with a few deeply provoking thoughts for you to chew on. And so that's what we'll do. One of the things that I think is wonderful about the Bible is that it is so relevant to our life today. Years ago, I would look to the Bible for relevancy in answering my questions. Like, what do I do? What is it that I have to do as a Christian? And so I would read it through a filter of um, trying to get answers on what I need to do or how I need to act or, or those sorts of things. And and that tended to end up in me being a place of realizing I couldn't do what I thought I needed to do to be a good Christian. And also was rather frustrating because a lot of the questions I had were, you know, they were specific around decisions I needed to make in my life. And I wasn't going to find answers in scripture. So the answers for those things that I really wanted instruction on weren't found in scripture. Like, do I or do I not take this job or do this thing or you know, move to this area, those sorts of things. Um, But now reading scripture through a filter of who is Jesus and what has he done for me, that, that has turned my whole world and walk with him upside down. Uh, One of the things that I find really sad is when I'm talking to other Christians who find it really hard to read the Bible. Perhaps they haven't read it for a long time, find it confusing, can find it discouraging, hard to understand and sometimes feel condemned and really gross about themselves when they're reading it. And I I get it. I I totally understand that. Um, But the Bible... I've been on a journey of, I guess I would describe it for my life as being this beautiful love letter from God to us, this beautiful love letter about his love, ultimately expressed, fully expressed in his son, Jesus, that Jesus came to fully reveal the heart of the father and that our life exchanged is that we are a new creation and and Jesus is our life and our full spiritual wealth and everything we need for godly living is in him and he is in us and therefore who is he and what actually has he done that filter uh, awakens so much more of the word to me and then of course the Holy Spirit illuminates in us deep in in our spirits uh, things in scripture that we just can't see in the natural I guess and that is a a beautiful walk in growing in our journey of walking one with the Lord so I guess that's my prayer for these podcasts my prayer is that a great measure of grace would rest upon us all and a great injection of hope would come out of re-entering into experiencing Jesus in our days and experiencing the relevancy of his word, his inspired word in our worlds. And doesn't this world need a huge injection of hope?
I look around and there is there's just so much fear and anxiety, um, sadness, brokenness, a, a sense of hopelessness. I I meet with many people who also express having, you know, tried church and God and reading the Bible and found even that hasn't helped and that that they're feeling disappointed, um, feeling confused, feeling anxious and still looking uh, Jesus is bringing man's heart back to himself I really believe that and I really believe that our world um, needs a great injection of hope and a great measure of grace to rest upon us and so may these podcasts continue to be something that perhaps just stirs some intrigue within you to to have an open heart to who Jesus is and what he's done. And I get that term where I about grace resting upon them all just from the context of this story. So let's start there for this last bit of this podcast. What is the context of this story? Well, just at the end of Acts chapter 4, it talks about all the believers being one in heart and mind. Now, these believers, they were believers, people who believed in Jesus, that Jesus was the Messiah. And I've been pondering actually lately just how profound that must have been for the Jewish people of the time they had heard you know you can see it in the Old Testament it was the Lord your God is one and that you have no other gods before him he is one God I mean there were all these other gods and deities back in the day and things to worship and and God was all about being one and then Jesus turns up on the scene making these radical claims that he was I am and um, and of course we look back with the word and with hindsight to go Jesus was the full expression of God in the flesh but these believers these these guys they were living it at the time and I can't imagine the confusion and the questions but there was something about the testimony of the apostles of the resurrection of Jesus that had them believe in Jesus and they were one in heart and mind and it says that they um, they would make sure that no one was in need in fact some of them it doesn't say that all of them did it but some of them went and sold their homes and their lands brought the proceeds to the apostles and they distributed it so that no one would be needy. There was this incredible display of oneness. In fact, in the Passion Translation, it says selfishness was not a part of their community. Selfishness was not a part of their community. That alone is a jaw-dropping, thought-provoking piece of scripture to chew on. It says after the story of Ananias and Sapphira that all the believers were wonderfully united as they met regularly in the temple courts. And so this is where this story is sandwiched in this expression of a community of people, believers who were one in heart and mind, who believed in Jesus. Uh, even talks about a, um, you'll love this, about a Levite from Cyprus. His name was Joseph. Have you heard of him before? I thought I hadn't heard of him either. But it says that he sold his farmland, he placed the proceeds at the feet of the apostles, and they nicknamed him Barnabas. And in the notes, 
um, of Acts chapter 4, verse 36 to 37, it says it was the Barnabas who traveled with Paul as an apostle. I never knew that of him. And I think this is another thought provoking concept for you to chew on that I'd only heard of him as Barnabas who'd been a part of an argument. And I just feel like us human beings, we can have this kind of disposition of noticing the negative about people, noticing kind of the faults, you know? Scripture says that the whole earth is filled with his glory and that Christ in us is the only hope of God getting glory out of us, but the fullness of Christ is within us. And so there's glory in me. And if you're a believer, there's also glory in you. And yet we can be kind of erring on that side of not seeing the glory in one another, right? And I I just have found that before when I've read scripture as well. I'm sort of looking at the humans and their experience and seeing biblical heroes and thinking I needed to be like them. And uh, and yet it's a, a beautiful example, the Bible is, of humanity learning um, about their spiritual poverty and their need to depend on Jesus and the exposure of that, which we are always trying to avoid. I mean, sometimes I think hopelessness comes out of hating the guilt and shame that we feel when our spiritual poverty, our need to depend on Jesus is exposed. And yet God says that the verdict is in and that that it's not guilty and that there is no condemnation in Jesus. In Christ, there is no guilt. In fact, it says in Romans that Jesus is continually praying for our triumph. And so he's not continually interceding and praying for our triumph and then turning around and like pointing out our faults. Um, We do that to one another. Um, We can do that, uh, have a filter that's sort of looking for right and wrong. Back in the garden, munching on that fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and thinking that in our natural mind we can have the capacity to judge right and wrong instead of recognizing it's this oneness and walking with Jesus and that the more our spiritual need our spiritual poverty our need for depending on him is exposed just the more glorious Jesus becomes and that fills me with hope Um, I'm not sure where it is now I could look it up but I really want to end this first podcast but it says that um jesus was going somewhere with his i think it was in the book of john i was reading it last week going somewhere with his disciples but it says he didn't trust his disciples or he didn't trust the people because he knew how deceptive human hearts were and i just smiled and chatted away to the lord in my heart saying i i'm so thankful lord that you don't trust me because i'm just not trustworthy isn't it i'm glad that jesus isn't putting his trust in me I am not trustworthy, but God's trust is fully in his son who is in me. And that is a load off my shoulders. I've got to be honest. And that just increases this sense of I I love you, Lord. And it increases a sense of hope that if that I too can trust in him and um, let go of trusting in myself. And that is what reading scripture is about for me is letting go of being in control i guess that's something i could call these podcasts actually is letting go of needing control and embracing being out of control but in to do that we embrace the one who is in control so anyhow that's enough for you to ponder and we're going to be at about 12 minutes which is a nice little snapshot perhaps a drive to work 
I don't know where you are listening to this, but wherever it is, I hope that the sun is warm and that the kettle is on. Until next time.